Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated if you'd like to. What good Baptists do. Sit down, don't we? Amen. Boy, I like that. A good introduction there. <clears throat> Alabama's got them a quarterback, so I guess I'll just preach here today. I mean, okay. Appreciate your pastor asking me to fill in today. This has been a new experience for me, and I have enjoyed it tremendously. It takes a little bit of getting used to, but uh, I'm getting used to it. All right? Amen. He told me uh, this week when he called me and talked to me, he said, now, preacher, he said, every service will be a little bit different. So he said, don't let that bother you. And I said, well, okay. He said, talking about the first service, second service. And he said, now, that third service, he said, they ain't nothing but a bunch of heathens. He said, just... He said, just get up there and preach to him. He said, it'll be all right. Amen. So uh, he may have prophesied correctly so far today, but hey, it's good. Good to be here today. And uh, I am glad to be here. I'm sort of a homegrown product around here. I'm from Coleman County. I've lived around here all my life, live in Hartsville now, and know several of you here and uh, from this area and uh, don't know a whole lot about you. I'd like to get to know you better. How many of you here today are Baptist? And backslid. Okay, that's going to be fun now. <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, we all get that way sometimes, but I'm glad God's provided for it. I'd like to talk to you today, uh, preach to you a little message about commitment. And uh, in my study, I discovered something other. Uh, when you talk about committing to something other, it's about putting your heart into it. Don't you think so? I find the things that I put my heart into, I, I do a lot better job at than those things that I'm just really not interested in. I, I'll just get through it and get done and get out of the way, you know. But uh, I, uh, I think the things we commit to, uh, we do a whole lot better because our heart's into it. Now, the secret of the thing is, is finding the heart. There is a verse of Scripture that the Lord tells us how to locate the heart. What is that? Luke? 12, 34, it says, for where a man's treasure is, there is his heart also. So if you want to find a man's heart, find his stuff. Got some stuff today? Hey, let me see if this will work for me like it does for the preacher. Church, say amen. amen. Hey, yeah, y'all still here. Amen. I like that. So what I want to talk to you today about is about that commitment. And if you have your Bibles today, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 21. I want to read uh, about four verses there to you. The Bible gives us one of the best examples that uh, is in there about a person's heart and locating it. And it's a great example that we have from the Word of God of, of finding a, about a person's heart. Luke chapter 21, it says this, verse 1. And he looked up. And he saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. That's Jesus. He looked up, and he saw the rich men casting their gifts in the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in hither two mites. Hmm. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. Hmm. For all of these have of their abundance cast into the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Let me pray quickly. Father, I just pray today that you'd anoint us and bless us with the words that we need today. 
Father, no doubt in the congregation this side, there's many needs here, God, that you can meet. There's many callings and many giftings, God, that you desire to give to people. And I'd ask you today to let us do your word, no violence. Let us preach those things, God, that be acceptable to you. And let the hearer receive it, that faith may be formed in their heart. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm titled this message this morning, The Mighty Might. And the reason that I did that is because Jesus said that the two mites she gave were more than all the treasures that they put into the offering of the rich men there. Now, the first thing I want to draw your attention to this morning is the observation of this thing. We've got to load the bases, so to speak. We've got to get people in the right place so that we understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Number one, it's about Jesus and the observation. And the observation would be what he saw. Now, you know, we're able to see a lot of things, but sometimes you have to see through things to find out just really what is going on. The first thing that he saw was the participants there. And if you don't know what a participant is, it's somebody that's involved. Do you like to be involved? I do too. I got involved yesterday on the first play from scrimmage to the University of Alabama. <laughs> Did you get involved? Say amen right there. Yeah, and I thought, I didn't know they had it in them, but, but I was glad they did, amen. But I'm the same way about church. I like to participate, don't you? I find out if you just become a spectator, sometimes you become a procrastinator, and sometimes you find the faults more than anything else. So I like to get involved, and the things he saw there, he saw a rich man and a poor widow. They cast in their gifts into the offerings of God. And he calls it literally for what it is. Now, I want you to understand this morning. He just says, rich men, poor widow. God calls it for what didn't spiritualize it, one iota. Know this about God today. He is not confused about who you are. No, you got, you've not got him fooled, and it's not about what you're trying to convey to people that you are. He knows who you are. Amen. The thing about wealth does not really matter a whole lot to God, I don't believe, but he's after your hearts is the thing that he's looking for. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. You know, you look through the scriptures and, and Jesus has always been that all-seeing eye that's watching everything going on. He is a spectator in our lives. And I'm glad for that for this reason. Some people say, well, you know, what if I mess up, preacher? What if God sees all those bad things. Well, sure he does, but he's made provisions for those things that we can repent of and get things right with God. But the greatest thing about God seeing everything is he sees a lot of things that I never dreamed were there. He sees a lot of dangers, a lot of pitfalls, a lot of things that brought me down, and he guided me and guarded me and got me away from that thing so that I didn't have to fall. Say amen right there. Boy, that ought to make you happy that God's always on time. He's everywhere. He's got your best interest at heart. Amen. I've never been disappointed with him, have you? Amen. He is a good God. They asked him one time, the writer said, if there is one, and God said, I don't know of another God. He is the only God. Amen. I like that. You know, it says in the Old Testament a lot of times it'd say, and Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And he'd go on further, and they did something wrong. And he'd say, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and God had to punish them. And as a kid, I got to thinking about this thing. How stupid. Why didn't they go in the house? 
Why didn't they go in a closet or somewhere and hide out and do it in a corner somewhere where God? But I found out as I got older, there's nowhere to hide from him. Amen. Amen. You know what? You might have been in trouble this week and didn't even know it, and God was watching for you. I think we ought to give them a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. I really do. God sees everything that's going on. He sees who's participating, and he knows who the players are and what they are. Number two, I want to talk to, uh, no, let me not get ahead of myself. The second thing he saw was the offerings that they put in. Yeah. This is the object of their actions. It's what they have in their hand or what they're playing the game with or, or what's going on. Sort of personifies who they are. <laughs> We're living in a world today, nothing wrong with technology, but we're living in a world today that's personified by their cell phone. Say amen right there. You see people walking around. Oh, I love those videos on where they show the women, woman that walks into the, the waiting pool, texting, and just bloom right over, right over into the thing. You know, they had one the other day with a guy at the tracks there for the Amtrak to catch it and walked right off the thing into the tracks talking to his phone. Not too smart, huh? These people are identified here, and there's a contrast that comes in between them. There's rich men. They're in a category by themselves, and they're over there casting in money. And then you got this little widow woman that shows up with two mites, and she's in a category by herself. Now, the thing that puzzles me about this scripture a lot of times, I looked at it, and I thought, and it says, and Jesus, and he looked up, and he looked up. In other words, it sort of conveys to me the idea that Jesus was, was not watching what was going on around him, that he was sort of absorbed into something else. And the activities that was going on around there in the, at the temple, at the treasury. Well, I got into this and I got to looking at it. And I found out the way that people gave into the treasury where there was some trumpet-shaped treasure chest that they had there. There's 20-some-odd trumpet-shaped treasure chests that people, they didn't have dollar bills like we got. They always was all coins. The larger the coin, the bigger the amount, the smaller, the lesser of the amount. And people would cast their coins into the offering of God, all right? And, uh, and Jesus is not even watching this. I thought about getting somebody to come on the stage and see and to illustrate, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you be, play the part of Jesus today, and I'm going to see if I can get your attention, okay? So if you would, just sort of look down at your Bible, and if anything that I do starts to get your attention, you let me know, okay, by looking up. Just sort of look down at your Bible. I got a few of you's attention. Amen. The Bible says they were casting in the offering of God. You think maybe word got out that day, hey, Jesus is in the crowd out there somewhere. He's, he's there in the crowd. And the rich man thought, Jesus? Yeah. Where is he at? Yeah. Praise God. Glory to God. And the scripture said, and Jesus looked up. <laughs> I guess off of that racket going on, I'd have looked up too. It may have been enough to raise a dead man. I don't know. But it got Jesus' attention. But it also says there was something else that got his attention also. He saw this. There was that little widow woman that did this. You know, always in the scriptures, a lot of times you can find where Jesus' attention was 
was captivated by people that did acts of humility where they were humble and where they were obedient and they obeyed God and they did those things that others didn't think they could do. And God said, this is more than all that they gave. All. This is more than, than all those rich men threw in. This, these two mites, it, you know, and the thing about it is she had two mites. What would we have done? Would we put in one and kept one? That option was there. She decided God gets it all and put it all in there. Jesus said she has given more, and the word more there means more excellent. Well, wouldn't it be a, a compliment to us today if the things we did, God could look down and he could say, excellent, well done, fantastic, hoorah for Jesus, amen? Well, yeah. that's where I want to be. I, I want to be committed to him. I don't want the things that I'm doing just to draw attention to me, but it's about him and for his glory. Amen. Boy, I like that choir singing this morning. It, it got a little bit of heaven's attention, I believe, don't you? And I believe everybody that was up here, I believe they were singing for God's glory. Amen. And I like that. You see, the next thing, point number two, is let's talk about the evaluation. You see, God not only sees, but God also knows. Oh, yeah. He knows what's motivating us. He knows what's behind the scenes, what's in the back of our mind, and why we're doing what we're doing. Amen? Why would you want to put on a show? God knows your heart. Amen? I mean, you can make a racket like hitting that tub over there. God's not impressed. His attention quickly goes from the racket to the woman and says, Boy, that's an excellent offering right there. Amen. Wouldn't you like to be in that category by yourself with God where God said, oh, it's what you're doing is wonderful. That's where I want to be. Not for anything, but it's because of what he's done for me. You see, I owe him. He doesn't owe me anything. He's done gave his life for me. What else could he do for me? Oh, died to take away my sins on a wooden cross. Set me free, put my feet on a rock, establish my goings. Oh, he's there for the, up, for the uprising of the morning. He's there in the evening when I lay down. Oh, he wakes me up in the morning. He overshadows me with his love. His leading and guiding hand is there. He's protecting me. He guards me from evil and from those things that would cause my demise. God's there. He's a wonderful Lord. And he is a perfect paymaster too. You see, the Lord looked and he knew this about it. Number one, those rich men gave a out of their abundance. Now, this thing, what they gave, Jesus called it a gift. The scripture there says, casting their gifts in the offering. You know, when you give a gift, you're giving something out of a whole lot more. It's just a part of something else that you give to somebody. Somebody said, you're going to get them a gift for their... Uh, Wedding, sure, I'm going to get them a new house, two cars, a 401k. No, 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 no. No. I'll get them a toilet bowl scrubber to go in the bathroom if that's what they need, you know. 
I'll take the house. I'll take the cars. I'll take the... You see, we're just giving a gift. The Webster's Dictionary that your pastor's been after you to get, it defines it as this, a donation. It's just a donation. You ever have that happen to you? Somebody come along and says, uh, you'd like to buy a raffle ticket on a turkey? Lord, yes, that's been what I'm waiting for somebody. I'm just here praying that somebody would ask me to buy a chance on a turkey. You know, we eat them things for like, yes, Lord, but I ain't got my billfold with me. I'm so sorry. I, you know, oh, would you like to give to this or would you like to supply this? Would you like to see that? And a lot of times a donation can be given just to get somebody off her back. That's why today I'm not preaching to you about money. I'm preaching to you about commitment. You know what? If I want to give somebody something, I'll do it. It's got about want to. It's got to be in you want to to do it. Sometimes I might give somebody something to appease them, but it ain't going to be as good as something that I want to give. Say amen right there. And you know what? These rich men were just going in to make a show to appease God, and they had to get back to their wealth. This widow woman, point B of this thing is, she gave all. The Bible says all. Jesus said she gave all. And what he's talking about there was her very existence. Everything she had, she put into that bucket. Just had two, but she gave both of them. Amen? Well, I like this old gal. Jesus thought a whole lot of her. But you know what? The Scripture never calls what she gave there a gift. Never does. What the rich man gave, he said, was a gift, but she gave her all. Now, I've, you know, I've, I've set the table with all this right here to, uh, to get you into somewhere that I think that can apply to us, the application part of this thing. Um, we know who's there, the rich man, the widow woman. Jesus is there. He's watching everything that's going on. He's got down to their motivation of what's happening with them. And number three, this is where I'm going to camp out. I may not preach very long to you today, but I want to give you two or three things that, that I believe will be a help to you. I want to talk to you about her inclination. Number three, inclination. That ain't bad for a boy with high school education, is it? Inclination. I know some more big words, too. Mayonnaise. Agriculture. What about that? Got it, huh? Y'all might as well be happy. It's just what it is. Amen. <laughs> Her inclination, I want to talk to you about what she wanted to do. And if you're going to serve God today, it's got to be something you want to do. You got to come to a realization in your life, hey, my life is short and it's got to be about God because it's going to end one day. I got on to them to the first service about it. They put a, a little clock back there in a dark hole for a 55-year-old man to try to watch. Amen. <laughs> I would have brought my binoculars and said, if it goes over, it's Dustin's fault. We'll blame it on him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Just be who you are. That's, that's all you can be. And you know what? You're to come to church to enjoy it. And not to put on a show like riding in a, a tin bucket over here. Be who you are. And if God moves on your heart, you want to raise your hand, raise your hand. If you want to stand up and say, God's been good to me, stand up. Amen. 
if you want to clap your hands, if you want to get involved in what's going on, it's your inclination to do that because the Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I like that. Amen. That's what it's all about. It's all about what you want to do. And I found out in life it's hard to get people to not do what they want to do. You ever been around somebody got car fever? Oh, it's a fatal sickness. Amen. If you ever go to strolling on them lots, <laughs> you've been infected. They have hired people there to make sure you get infected. They'll kick the tires, knee-deep in rubber. Amen. 43 miles a gallon. What else could you want here? Wall-to-wall leather. How much will the insurance cost? Oh, we don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> How much is a tag for one of these things? Oh, it, it ain't going to be much. You know, look at this here, a mirror of chrome. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll convince you that's exactly what you want to do, that your life will be better and you'll be a more complete person if you buy that thing. And if you ain't careful, you'll buy it. Oh, just... Now, let me get down. To, there, there's three things that I saw in this scripture. One day I was praying and reading over this in my quiet time, and God just gave these three things to me that you're going to have to do if you're going to follow God. Use your motivation and what you want to do. There's, there's, there's three things right here in this scripture that I saw that the Lord showed to me that will hinder you if you let it. Number one was her condition. Her condition. Has anybody here ever had a condition? Has anybody here presently got a condition? I thought of this a while ago, years ago, back when my youngest son was about four years old. And uh, we all got up one morning and was laying around the house there. We didn't have nowhere to go. And I, I said something about it. I said, boy, my shoulder's really hurting me. And uh, <clears throat> Debbie, she said, boy, my back's been about to kill me. And I don't know, Jalen got up and he said something. I got a sore throat or something that's going on. It's kind of cold. Michael, he got up and he stood over in front of the heater. I said, what's wrong with you? And he said, I've got circumstances. <laughs> we didn't have a pill in the house for that. <laughs> Could I give you this little nugget for free? There's a lot of things, if you're not following God the way you ought to in your life, that your physician cannot heal it. If you ain't where you ought to be with your Lord, your nerves ought to be tore all to pieces. The Bible says fear God. Man, if you ain't living right and coming up here to Temple Baptist Church on Sunday mornings making everybody think you're all right, why? Why do that? It don't matter what I know. It's about him. He's done heard the rattle of the can and saw the dropping of the mites. He knows what's going on. But you know what? If you've got a condition in your life, people will try to put you in a category so that they'll know how to handle you. 
Yeah. You ever been around any sick people? I hate to admit this to you. Sometimes me and my wife, we, we'll be somewhere and we'll run into somebody we know and she or I want to say, don't ask them how they are. Can I get a witness here? I mean, we ain't got time for it. I mean, I know we're talking about your aunt, but she ain't here today, so it's all right, okay? <laughs> all right. Yeah, we say, oh, Lord, there she comes. They always got circumstances, amen? I mean, you, you can ask them to do something. Oh, no, we got this going on right now, you know. My sciatica is acting up, or, you know, oh, school starts next week, and them kids, you know, we got to get them in the bed. Oh, why don't, you know, you ask somebody, why don't you go to church with us? Oh, I just, I just can't, I, you know, everything's going on. Can I give you one more? They said we got a little more time in this service. I, a good example, the director of the Alabama Evangelist Association, Southern Baptist, told this one time about, there's a pastor up in Huntsville at his church. He preached one Sunday morning, and boy, it was one of them, like, sort of like we've been doing hollering, hooping services this morning, you know, and boy, he really shucked it down. He got to the back door, and was, everybody was marching out, and this lady come by, and she said, oh, oh, she said, I ain't never been in nothing like that in all my life. She said, oh, that hollering and screaming and you up there hooping and hollering. She said, you've just tore my nerves all to pieces. And, and she just went out and he said, well, sister, I'm sorry. And she, she left and she said, boy, it was a bummer to him. So he lived in Huntsville. So he, on Monday night, he was he's down out. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go over to Joe Davis Stadium and just watch the Huntsville Stars play baseball. And he said he got over there and he was sitting and he said, he was watching, and he said, boy, it was just a jam-up ball game. Come down to ninth inning, bases loaded, tie ball game, batter up, and, and, and the play come to home plate. And said, boy, all the fans was up. And said, boy, there was a play there, and, and, and the ump said, you're out of there. And he looks down right behind in the middle there, and there's that woman. <laughs> She's on the fence. Sorry, Ralph. You, you, you. He said he walked down to where she was, tapped her on the shoulder, and said, "Ma'am, how are your nerves tonight?" I say touche for the preacher. Amen. We don't get that very often, but I enjoyed that right there, Brother Buchanan. Amen. I never forget that. Hoorah for Jesus on it. But you know what? You can let your condition hinder you from becoming involved in anything that comes along. You can always find a reason not to, and everybody will provide it for you. Say, you know, you don't need to be doing that. You ain't, your surgery ain't been over very long, or, you know, you've been having them sniffles, or you don't need to be the kids up in and everything. And you know what? If you let them put you in a category, they'll know how to handle you. And they will handle you. Let me give you a for instance of it. When they, who, they'll say, who is that guy over there? And they'll say, well, that's old so-and-so's boy. Oh, that explains everything. Yeah. You know, he came from a broken home. So what? All of our lives are broken until Jesus puts us together. Amen. It ain't about what my mom and daddy did. The Bible said, let whosoever will. 
Come and drink of the water of life freely. Don't allow everybody else to disqualify you and take you out of the game. Amen. Get involved in spite of your condition. God will never ask you to do anything that you're not able to do. Number next, got to move along with this thing right here, is about intimidation. Hmm. You ever been intimidated? It happens sometimes. I, I heard a story about a, uh, a big Texas rancher that come to Alabama and was messing around with this little old dirt farmer there. And, uh, boy, he was blowing and going about his ranch. And finally, the little farmer said, well, just how big is your ranch? He said, I tell you what, I can get in my truck and I can drive straight all day long in my truck. And never get off my property. And the little farmer said, you know what? I used to have a truck just like it. (laughs) You know, it's not any of my business what they're doing over there. It's not my business what they're doing at the church down the road. I'm over here today. And it's not my business to get between you and God. Uh, It's the only job that I have here today is preach the word of God to you and let God give the increase. Uh, We as Christians too many times want to try to plant a seed and go back and see if it's come up the next day and dig it out. Don't work that way, amen? It's up to God. If I do my part, then the burden's off me. Amen. Just do what you can do. Let the rough end drag. Don't be intimidated by the big gifts of somebody else or, or the singing of somebody else. Make a joyful noise to the Lord is what the Bible said. Amen. Amen. Oh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'd like to fall in that category because I reckon the last time I checked, I'm still breathing. And you are too. Amen. I think somebody like you, God could use and get a whole lot of glory out of. You won't want, if you couldn't, you wouldn't be here today. Number last, there was no expectation. Who in her right mind would have ever expected this little widow woman to come in there and put in two pennies? They would not have blamed her if she had not. Amen. I wouldn't have blamed her. I said, well, she's a poor widow woman. There you go, putting them in a category, talking about them and telling them what they can and what they cannot do. Let me tell you, I can do anything God says I can do. I mean, I was surprised back some 20-something years ago when God told me he wanted me to preach his gospel. I said, God, I'm not good enough to do that. God, I I don't have the gift of gab to get up and preach and and go a long time of talking to people and trying to illustrate and explain the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, since that time, my wife started wearing a wristwatch. Here we have a clock on the walls. Amen. I love it. There wasn't no expectation out of this lady right here. There's nobody expected her to come to do anything, and nobody would have thought any different had she not done what she had to do. But you know what? She would have known the difference. 
They would have been silenced that day from Jesus had she not done what she did. The Lord would have said nothing about them throwing in and rattling that bucket over there. That's just common every day. But boy, he saw an act of faith and love and obedience. You know what? God meant something to that lady. And by her doing what she did, God saw how she felt about him. I think it's a perfect illustration. Now, in closing, there's several scriptures and reading and incidences in the Bible concerning riches and rich men and women. And, uh, you know, sometimes it gives a dim outlook and view about these people. One place, you know, it said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. And it probably is because the Bible said it was. But Jesus said this about it afterwards. He said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. The Bible tells us that Job was the richest man in the East, but yet he was a perfect and upright man. See, it ain't about the quantity. It's about the quality of your heart. I found this in Scripture. One day there was a rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he said, Lord, what do I need to do to go to heaven? And uh, Jesus said, well, son, you've, you've read the law. What's it say in the law, you know? Shall not commit murder, shall not steal, commit adultery, shall not covet. And all these things there. And, and uh, Rich Young River said, yeah. He said, I've done all that. Got it. My use up, done. Done every bit of it. No problem with that. And he said, well, what do I lack? And the scripture there says, and Jesus beholding him, loved him. And he said this. If you will be perfect, go sell all that you've got, give to the poor, and come take up your cross and follow me. And the rich young ruler's response was this, I can't do that. Ain't what the Bible said, but the Bible said he he went away sorrowfully. Same thing, isn't it? Lord, I can't. I can't do that because I've, I've got much. I, I, I got two thoughts about that right there. Number one is this. That day, the rich young ruler was offered the best bargain he had ever got in his life. To trade all this stuff, all these cares and burdens of life for eternal life. My friend, I want to tell you, God's not trying to rip you off today. If he's asking something for you, he's going to give you more than you ever thought about giving to him. And he will provide. Number two is this. Remember one day I heard a guy say, you know, that's, that's a pretty hard offer to ask somebody for that. And boy, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I've never asked for anybody any less. My friend, if you're not... God wants you all. He didn't want a down payment. He didn't want just you to be just sort of involved and around on the fringes of the thing. God's not after your wallet. He's after your heart. I uh, own a little store here in town, and I have some kids that come walk to the store. I had this happen the other day, and boy, it just tickled the far out of me. I had this little girl, she was about this tall. A little kinky hair. She had dirt and snot all over her face. <laughs> Dried. She come in the 
door with her sister about this tall. Here she walks, she walks right over there to the candy rack, reaches down. She picked up a piece of super bubble, bubble gum. Say amen for that. She picked it up. She walked to my counter. She put it on her. and She said, Mr., how much is that piece of bubble gum? I said, that's five cents. Her other little hand come around and exploded with five cents. <laughs> I said, thank you. She got her gun. She walked out the door, peeled it, stuck it in her mouth, throwed the paper down, and was happy as a lark. <laughs> Preacher, you're crazy. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm saved. <laughs> What's that got to do with anything in this message today? That little girl had decided what she wanted and decided how much it would cost her, and was willing to pay the price, and was tickled to death when she made the exchange. I'm telling you here today, God's got an offer for you today, and if you're willing to pay the price, you're going to be tickled to death at what you get in exchange. Amen. Hey, can I have anybody that has made this exchange to testify and say Amen. Boy, I, I was tickled to death when God saved me. I was, I was delighted at how simple it was and how that it dissatisfied my soul. As we stand together with our heads bowed, just ask you today, are you willing? God knows your motivation. And you can make the exchange here today. Have you committed to God? He'd like for you to do that. Nothing to keep you from it. Father, I just pray today that you'd make this change easy. If you're dealing with somebody here today, that they'd even begin right now to make that move that they need to make. Because God, I know it's going to be the best day of their life. And we just ask you now that everything that's done today be for your honor and for your glory while we sing. Would you come? Lord, you know my heart. And Lord, you know my need. And every step that I take. I feel the weight of every burden on me, so I will lay it down at the altar. I'll lay it down at your feet, because I am desperate for mercy.